First Thessalonians chapter 5 in verse 18. Glory to God. This is what the Spirit of God is saying. It says, it doesn't matter what happens on the outside. It doesn't happen, it doesn't matter what you read and what you see. He said, what really matters is what your focus is on. For of course, I've given you victory. I've given you victory. But you must focus on the victory which I've given you. Says the spirit of grace and supplication. Yes. For when you change the focus of what you see to the things that go around you, it will weaken your faith and affect your manifestation and distort your result. It says, I'm calling you as you step into this new season, says the Holy Spirit, for you to put your focus on that which I've told you and to meditate within it. For yes, the storm will rage. The sea will refuse to become. But my word will supersede and bring about peace eventually. For my word does not fail, says the Spirit of grace. For my word will not return back to me this will not return back to me unaccomplished, for it will deliver its full purpose, says the Lord. For you, must, for you must at this time make a quality decision and set your sail to be focused on that which I've called you to be, says the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. For in the days ahead, there will be darkness. I, I thought that was it, but there's more coming. For in the days ahead, there will be darkness. As the end of this age come, as I told you in my word, Darkness, darkness, darkness will be. But you are the people of light and should not be afraid of darkness. For as darkness cometh on the age, it says the Spirit of God, my light will shine stronger and stronger in you and through you. Do not be afraid of darkness. Do not be afraid of the sayings around you. For you are children of light. For there was darkness in Egypt, but there was light in Goshen, says the Holy Ghost. There was darkness in Egypt, but there was light in Goshen. So therefore, in these times also, There'll be darkness and darkness and darkness and darkness, but there'll be light in you going stronger and going stronger and going stronger. Oh, yes, says the Spirit of the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. So we're not going to be moved by the things that go around us. We're going to be moved by what we carry on the inside. Hallelujah. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. The Bible says this, in everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ concerning you. And one of the things I wanted us to see is that this morning I'm speaking about finishing strong. This is the last Sunday of the month. And um, as we come to this last Sunday of the month, there's just a lot of things we have to discuss about finishing strong. One of the things we want to talk about as we discuss finishing strong is this. It says, in everything give thanks. So one, number one, how do I finish strong? Number one, you need to finish on the note of thanksgiving. I will be thankful. How do I finish strong? I will be thankful. See what the Bible says. The Bible says, in everything do what? Give thanks. See what he didn't say. He didn't say for everything. Because if he had said for everything, that means God is one that did everything. God is the one that made bad things happen. But in us, he didn't say for everything. He says, in. That means it doesn't matter how it happened, that what, what, whenever and wherever you find yourself, it's going to be a place of thanksgiving. And why is that important to you? 
Every time you thank God, you are saying something. A lot of things you're saying. One of the things you're saying is, Lord, I thank you because I know you're still in charge. That's what Thanksgiving does. How do I mean? Watch this now. If you have a sick relative in the hospital, and you go and see the doctor, and say, doctor, how is my cousin, Shinene? What would the doctor say? Oh, she's, she's, oh, she's, she's okay. Dreams are going fine. I say, thank you, doctor. Oh, she's in a coma, but the oxygen is keeping her alive. Thank you, doctor. So every time you say thank you, it's because you acknowledge that they are still in control. But if they ever tell you that Shinene is dead, do you say thank you, doctor? You don't say thank you because you're saying that, you don't say thank you because you're like, it's gotten to a point where they can't do anything. So no matter how bad something is, if you are thanking God, you are saying God is still under your control. You can still do something powerful about it. You can still fix it. That's why when Jesus Christ got to the tomb of Lazarus, with man, death is final, but not with God. As soon as he got to the tomb, he said, Father, I thank you. I thank you. That was magnificent. Those were powerful words that came out of his mouth. Father, I thank you. Those were powerful words that came out of his mouth. And the reason I'm saying this to you today is very simple. That no matter what you're going through, you can be thankful. Someone says, Pastor, you want me to be thankful? Do you know how much I lost in business today, this year? Do you know that my business crumbled? Do you know that I lost my relationship? Do you know I got sick? I didn't work for three months? Listen to me. I know that things happened to you that you did not want to happen. But it was God that was not worse than that. I'm telling you, if you knew what the enemy planned for you, it was not for you to lose one million naira. It was not for you to lose a car. It was going for your life. The Bible says it's because of the Lord that we sons of Jacob are not consumed. What Satan wants to do is not to steal from you. Jesus gave us his job description. He said the devil came to steal, to kill and destroy. His aim is to destroy you. But at, you see, so all was stolen was small. The aim of Satan was destruction. That was the aim of Satan. Have you noticed something? Every time we read the story of Job, God kept on telling Satan, don't touch his life. Don't touch that. What does that mean? That means what Satan really wanted was his life. Uh, let me give an example. If your child wants a certain chocolate, but don't want to say he wants chocolate. He said, mommy, I want the kids to your room. I said, what do you want to go and do? I left my assignment. You know how you normally talk when you were younger. What do you do? You give your child the key. But because you know what he wants, you say, get into the room, take whatever you want, but don't touch Chocolate. Because you know that all that parambulating is for chocolate. The reason why God kept on telling Satan, don't touch his life, was because all the things he touched were not important. The major thing he wanted to touch was just life. Listen to me. You thought that, oh, I lost this, I lost that. It was not, Satan did not want you to lose something. He wanted you to lose your life. So I'm not saying you didn't go through pain or hurts. I'm not saying that. I'm only saying in the midst of that, can you just take a moment and be grateful? A couple of, couple of weeks ago, I lost my uncle, which is very, very close to my heart. Very painful. You know, very, very close to my heart. Very painful. And I had to face my first cousins to just check how they're doing. And I was wondering what I would say to them. And these were the words that came to me. And says, thank God you are the one mourning. You are not the one we are mourning for. Mm. You didn't get that. Dead people don't mourn dead people. If you are dead, you will, not, you will not be mourning. Thank God that at least you are alive and you are mourning somebody else. It's painful, but at least you are alive and mourning. Because if you were dead, you'd not be mourning somebody else. Somebody say hallelujah. So in everything, we need to give thanks. In everything, give thanks. In everything, give thanks. 
He didn't say for everything, in everything. That means wherever I find myself, I, I make a decision to give thanks. And let me say this quickly. Sometimes when people give thanks, most of you will think that, oh, see how that lady is rolling on the floor. See how that guy is crying. This God has really done all things for them this year. Listen, we are not thanking God because everything is done. We are thanking God because of irrespective of anything, we are grateful. Let me say something to you. Some people you saw today crying, kneeling and screaming, they had their worst year so far this year. But they just chose to be grateful. Because, you may, you, because, because for you, Thanksgiving is a reaction to circumstances. For some of us, Thanksgiving is a lifestyle based on who God is and what he has said. So even when we don't see it, we believe it. Even when it's not like that, we believe it. It's something we have chosen. So when you see us break down and cry and roll our head on the floor, it's not because it's perfect. But you're saying, Lord, we trust you. Lord, we trust you. You are good. You are good. I can't feel it, but Lord, you are good. Lord, you are good. I can't feel it. Lord, it's difficult to understand that you are good, but you are good. Lord, I, I don't understand why my life is this way, but Lord, you are wonderful. Lord, I'm crying because I'm hungry, but God, you are good. You are good. You are good. Because Thanksgiving is not based, because that's not based on my feelings. It's based on who God is. And listen to me. Never interpret who God is based on you. Never interpret God's love for you. I'm going to say it some other way. Never interpret God's love for you based on your circumstances. If you ever interpret God's love for you based on circumstances, what you think about God's love will be fluctuating. So, as soon as you have a testimony, you feel God loves me. As soon as things are difficult, feel like God hates me. Listen to me. God's love is not, does not oscillate. God's love is unconditional and consistent. Even when you are not at your best, God loves you. Even in your worst moment, God loves you. When the prodigal son was away in the jungle suffering, his father still loved him. It would be wrong for him to begin to interpret his father's love based on his circumstances. When you lose your job, don't say God doesn't love me. Do not interpret God's love based on your circumstances. You're going to get into trouble. And many of you, you have a divorce. God, I, I thought you loved me. You know why you feel that way? Because you're interpreting God's love based on what? Your circumstances. Glory to God. Someone say glory to God. Someone say glory to God. So Bible says in all things be thankful. This one I had a wonderful testimony. In the healing service we had some, some months ago, there was a man brought on a wheelchair. He was in a wheelchair. I didn't even know that it was his, I think, two or three kids that bought him. Three kids. When I say kids, they're not really kids. They are married and <laughs> they have children. So they're not kids like kids. So when we prayed for the sick, I went towards him. I prayed for him. Asked him to get up. He was paralyzed on the chair in Jesus' name. And as he tried to get up, it took about three or four steps and he couldn't really walk again. He began to have difficulties. So I prayed for him and I said, Brother, Pastor, you're healed in Jesus' name. And I went on. And after the service, I'm like, ah, Pastor, what did you feel? I said, that, you know what? I'm just going to keep thanking God for all what he has done. So I went back home after the service. Father, thank you for everyone you healed. Thank you for all the miracles in Jesus' mighty name. Today, during the first service, the Lord walked up to me and said, Sai, it's not as if you don't know me. I said, I don't know you. He said, remember the healing service, the man on the wheelchair? I said, oh yeah. He said, that's my dad. 
Oh, I said, fantastic. How is your dad? He said, oh, I forgot to mention to you. The next day, he just got up and started walking since then. And that was six months ago. That was six months ago. He's been walking. He said, he said, he said, he said, he said, I said, how is he? He said, it's not like, it's, I never said, it's, a pastor, it's not working like, mm. he's jumping buses, taking Ubers, you know, doing Molloways. He said, that he's gone back to his normal life. But listen, when that happened, it was almost as if, oh God, where are you? But if you can just thank God, he will perfect it. If you can just thank God, he will perfect it. I, you know, ju- ju- just, just last week, I, I saw one of our ladies in church, he had a relative that had been healed. Paralyzed hands has been healed. So the hands can move like this. Never moved from birth. So I said, oh, that's true. You should come and testify with your brother. Because this is about two years. That they, she's, because some people think that it's like an emotional healing. And she said, Pastor, yeah, yeah, the hand is moving though. But there are still some parts of the finger I cannot move. I said, look at you. When the hand was not moving at all, what could you do? So now because of finger is not moving very well, you don't want to testify. I said, testify what he has done. Let him finish the rest. Some of you, you want a job in oil company, in Chevron, in Shell, in NNNG, in the big bank. But all you got was a job that pays you 120000 naira. Testify about that first. Be grateful. Follow your knees and be grateful. At least you have no longer jobless. You've moved one inch. Glory to God. I said, glory to God. I remember when Mrs. came to testify over here, how God blessed her and she bought a house in a very prime location. And someone said, is that a miracle? Oh, someone of our issue to buy a house. But you know why we testify? We're saying that it is not me, it's God. Because, oh, some of our issue to buy a house. Most Nigerians of our age have no houses. Most. Most of them that have their husband bought for them. The grace of God. The blessing of God. So how do you finish strong? Number one, I will choose to be grateful. Because you can keep looking at the wrong thing. I will choose to be grateful. I, my relation, I lost my relationship by my life. I will choose to be grateful. Do you know that there are some people, someone said, uh, you know, uh, but, but, but I, I'm, I'm broke. Huh. There are some people that are broke and poor. Bad combination. So sorry, some people are broke and sick. Bad combination. That's not funny. Do you know what I mean to be broke and sick? When you are sick and what can heal you is 10,000 naira, I don't want to buy tablets. And, as, and as, in case you don't know, that's why a lot of Nigerians die. A lot of Nigerians don't die because of sickness. They don't have enough money to get the right treatment. You, you just broke. Some people are broke and sick. And some people are rich and sick. When you are rich and sick, you will begin to value what? Health. So, I have no boyfriend. It's because you are strong. That's why you think of boyfriend. People that are in the hospital, the last thing on their mind is love. Is that not true? Let me just get up on this bed. Is that not true? But this is why you are angry with God. Somebody say hallelujah. The second reason, the second thing, the second way to finish strong this year is by, by doing this. So, the first thing I'll be grateful. The second thing is that I will not carry a broken spirit or attitude into a new year. I will not carry a broken spirit or attitude into a new year. Proverbs chapter 17 verse 22. Proverbs 17 verse 22. I will not carry a broken spirit or attitude into a new year. Well, do you follow me on Instagram? Do you follow me? 
don't only follow Lecon, you know, all he does is dance and post videos of us, of him going to Dubai and, you know, all these kind of things. And Pamela will post with girls that know his girlfriends. You know, all this, that's all they do. You know, these are boys that just make a lot of noise on social media and I wonder that how much do they have for it. Praise the Lord. I just took a shot at them. Praise God. Hallelujah. But let, let me say this. So, in case you follow my social media, you need to follow because I want to say something, a story on social media. So, on social media, if you, you followed you have seen my story where I posted of I had an accident in the shower and I had this huge cut on my hand, you know. You know the story? You don't follow on social media? Who do you follow? If you don't follow me, who do you follow? There's nobody else to follow. Will you put the handles on the screen so they can just follow once and for all in Jesus' name? So if you don't follow, go and look for me on Instagram, look for me on uh, Twitter. They will put the handles on the screen. So, when, um, when I had the court, what happened was that my shower, the glass fell. My shower, it, it, nothing happened to it. I, I didn't hit it. I just pulled the shower like this and the whole glass fell and gave me a cut. I had about six stitches on my hands. So, of course, they replaced the glass, the glass door in the shower. But you know what? Since they replaced that door, glass door in the shower, this is the third month. Every time I want to take my bath, I leave the glass door open. You know, I, I, I said, I always tell myself, I don't know what happened to that one. I can just pull a door and the door just breaks. Nothing hit it at all. See, if my wife was not with me in the bathroom that day, you would, she would say, no, maybe you hit something. She was there. But you know the thing? So one day I said, well, even this door they sent is different. It cannot even break because they, 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 gave, they gave me a formula that these new glass doors that they cannot break. They, they, it's um, laminated glass. That they cannot break that way. I know that in my head. But I still don't close the door when I want to shower. You know why? Because of the experience I've had. It has left a cut in my heart. That begins to affect how I deal with glass doors. Why am I saying that to you? In fact, let me tell you something. Even I, some, last week I went to a hotel. I found myself, I was leaving the glass door in the hotel open also. This is an hotel abroad. Where you should be like, please cut me. <laughs> please cut me. Make me a billionaire. Cut me. You know why I'm saying so to you? You can go through a certain experience in your life that can leave you hurt, that can leave you broken, that can leave you dried up. And when you go through the experience, you finally have to trust God. You finally have to do something because of something that's happened in the past. See, see what the Bible says here. Proverbs chapter 17 verse 22. Let's read it together. And many of us are going to see, listen, this is a new year, but you are carrying the pain. You are carrying the shame. You are carrying the difficulty of last year. And you are carrying it to your heart into a new year. See what the Bible says. A merry heart do it like medicine. That means if you are happy, you are going to have a medicinal effect on your body. He says the next verse, but a broken spirit dry at the bone. He says once your spirit is broken, once you have a broken heart, it will affect, it will suck you up. It's like a mosquito. It will suck you. It's like a parasite. It will suck you. It will keep sucking life out of you. Keep sucking joy out of you. And many of you are wondering, why am I struggling spiritually? Because of a broken spirit. How do you have a broken spirit? It's always something happened. If I let me, let me help you. Sometimes something does not happen to someone. Hold on. Um, some guys. Is someone there? Someone there? All right. Something 
doesn't just happen to someone. Sometimes it can happen to somebody else and can affect you. I met a lady recently. So I was like, why do you, you see that? I've not had bad experiences, but I've had friends that have had bad experiences. And I'm, I'm careful because I don't want to experience the same thing. Same thing. You see, you can have that kind of attitude. You, something just goes wrong. Nothing goes wrong with you, but something has gone wrong with your friend. And now you're carrying it. And the, the bad thing is this. You have, you have this bad energy. You have this bad vibe. You have all this bad thing just because of something that happened in the past. Listen to me. Don't connect your past with your future. They are not connected. You hear what I said? Don't connect your past with, sorry, don't connect your past with your future. They are not connected. They are not. Some of the richest men I know today were the poorest people yesterday. They're not connected. Some of the happiest people I know today were the saddest people yesterday. And some of the saddest people today were where? The happiest people yesterday. And some of the poorest people today were the richest people yesterday. And you can just keep carrying that. You know, you know the beautiful thing about a new year is this. It gives you opportunity to just shut down and have fresh perspective. But you can be like, you know, there's nothing about the new year. It's just another deal. Ah, I beg of you, just another deal. It's just another deal. And when you have that perspective, you will, you, you, it will lose the energy it should give you. Maybe you close the business down this year. Don't go into 2019 and say, oh, I can't do business. Hey, try again. Maybe, maybe your love, maybe, maybe you lost love this year. You lost someone and it was thrown back into your faith. Don't say, that's it for me. Don't go into the new year and say, no, no, I'll find love again. Don't go into a new season with a broken attitude. Don't go into a new season with a broken attitude. And the third thing is this. And this is where I'm going to stop. Discern the voice of God for the season ahead of you. So also, what do you mean? First Chronicles chapter 12 verse 32. Let's read the Bible. Discern the voice of God for the season ahead of you. First Chronicles chapter 12, verse 32. The Bible says, of the children of Issachar, which were men that had understanding of the times. To know that to know what Israel what ought to do. Listen to me. You are the one going into a new year. God does not go into a new year. Praise the Lord. God has already prepared a lot ahead of you. Watch you as a Christian. Can you just begin to discern, Lord, what do you want from me in the next season of my life? You know why? A great farmer knows I don't determine seasons. I cooperate with season to maximize my harvest. So I don't determine what tomorrow will be. But if I can know the season, I can cooperate with the season to determine my harvest. Some of you, it will be this 2019, you have to start a business because that's your season. Some of you, you have to go into a partnership, that's your season. Some of you have to travel abroad, that's your season. Some of you have to go into paid employment, that's your season. Some of you have to go into strategic alignment, that's your season. The thing is this. You can be in a season and you are not aware of it. If you are in a season and you are not aware of it, you begin to waste that season. And the way you maximize a season is to be aware of that season. Glory to God. I said glory to God. I said glory to God. 
I said glory to God. You know that there was a season life of there was a season life of Elijah, and in Elijah's life season, what was he meant to do? He was meant to go to the brook chariots and stay there, and a bird will bring him food and will drink water. But as that season closed, you know what happened? The brook began to dry up, and there was no more water. Elijah could have stayed there and said, "Lord, this is where I should be." When a season closes up. Another season is unfolding. Are you hearing me? What I'm saying to you is very simple. There are seasons in your life that are unfolding. Because some seasons are closing up. When a season is closing up, you don't force it to stay. You help it close up. Because when God closes a chapter, it's opening up another chapter. You have done well in this consulting business. Maybe it's time to move to something else. You've done well in politics. Maybe it's time to move to oil and gas. Maybe it's time to move into politics and into printing. You've done well. But can you determine the season you are in? Psalm 37 verse 23. And that's why it's very powerful just to be able to know the season you are in. Because if you don't know the season you are in, you will start comparing your season with somebody else's season. Look at what the Bible says here. The steps of a good man are what? Did you notice that? You are not even the one that orders your step. Your order of your step is by the Lord. Is it not wise for you to know where the Lord has ordered you to? You know why? When the Lord orders your step, it's good to know where the order is so that you can be positioned there. Or else they will bring the food to a table you are not on. Praise God. That's the power of seasons. So what do you do? Discern what God wants to do in the now. Discern what God wants you to do in the now. Huh. How will I say this to you? How will I say this to you? See, life will go up and down. But you must focus on things of God. Someone say hallelujah. Let me give you a good example. Just a very, 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 very good example. Have you taken an injection before? Have you taken an injection before? Pam Larry, have you taken an injection before? Okay, right. Have you taken an injection before? All right. Have you taken an injection before? Okay, Brother Bradford, I didn't see you say yes. I wanted to ask you that. Have you taken an injection before? Because I know you, your mom have told me I used to take injection. Yeah. So, guess what? Depending on the nurse you, the, the nurse you have, when I injection, I don't know why nurses do this. They always point the needle. Mom, you, you, you were, were you a nurse at any point? You, uh, 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 you people, I don't know why. They will take the needle and just like and tap it, pam, and you you see. I know the thing. They know how to arrange needles. Have you noticed that? And they will now inform you. Say, I'm sorry, sir. So these three injections I'm going to give you right now. Why must you tell me what to give me? Give me injection. Why must you tell me that three? And you know they will not be tapping it. You know they. Will, I don't know why they cannot just do what what they have to do. They will not be tapping it, shaking it, tapping it, shaking it, shaking it. You know, and they will not. When they not, they will not put it. They will not, they will not carry it and put it beside you. And now go and look at the wool and the scissors and you come, come and they are arranging things. They will not be arranging it beside you. Oh my God! And as you look at it, your mind will not start thinking that my God, this needle into my flesh, 
Where is the bomb bomb saved? The bomb bomb is not there. Praise the Lord. But, <laughs> so when I had this accident, I, I took a lot of injections. So I remembered how to take injections. Watch this. I can't change the injection. I can't change the fact that the needle went in my pocket, in my body. What I can change is how I want to feel about it. So you know what I do? This is how you take injection if you don't want to feel pain. In the hospital, you will, you will fix your eye on something. You know what I'm talking about? It can just be the AC. You start looking at the AC. You now start spelling it. P, Panasonic. P for pa. A for N. N, A. S, O. What? Meanwhile, they are busy injecting. Is that what you do? Because the reason why is this. If you don't have something you focus on, you will feel the pain. Are you getting me? Listen to me. When Satan brings attack on you, if your focus is not on the word of God, you know what you'll be doing? You say, oh yeah, no, put it. <laughs> you say, no, is it not inside? You say, put it. You'll be moving on. No, put it. You say, no, put it. You know, you, the reason why is that you keep looking. Some of you, you know the reason why you are behaving that way? You keep looking at your problems. Keep looking at the business and not doing fine. Relationship that is broken. Heartbreaks you've gone through. Your mind that's not working. And God is saying, the more you look at it, see, and you think you are smart, saying, oh yeah, put it. Oh, oh yeah, put it. Oh yeah, put it. Oh yeah, put it. And Moses is chasing you. Oh yeah, put it. Oh yeah, put it. And God is saying, that's not the way you take the injection. Look away and look to me. When you look to me, you receive strength. You receive life. And when the injection comes in, you will not feel it. Somebody say hallelujah. Let me tell you when, you, when you, when you look that way, they put it in, you just feel the pain. You're like, Panasonic PA, you know. And uh, I never know when they take the, the three injection is gone. Is it not is that or is it that's all? He said, Oh, thank you. It was not as painful as I thought. Why? Your focus was not on what Satan was doing, your focus was on what God has done. Let's start up and pray. So people, it's time to take your focus off what Satan is doing. Focus on what God has done. Your prayer is this. This is your prayer. This is in Lord. Help me not to enter into 2019 confused. Give me clear direction. Give me clear direction. Let's go ahead and pray. Let me know what to do in this season of my life. I want to pray. So, see, listen to me. The people, all of you that have children that are going to secondary school, pray. Start praying. Should my child go to boarding school? Where should my child school? What should he do? Science. Some of you have children that are going to university. Pray for your children that go to university. Some of you have three children. Pray for them that God guide me. Some of you want to build houses, buy houses, move to Canada. Don't, before you move to Canada, can you just pray about Canada first? Just pray and let God lead you. Some of you want to change some partnership, move into some new partnership, some to get some business. So lead me. Let's go ahead and pray. Everywhere, lift up your voices and pray. I said, this 2019, Holy Spirit, lead me. Holy Spirit, lead me. Holy Spirit, guide me. Holy Spirit, lead me. Guide me. Guide me. Don't let me walk into 2019 confused or stranded. Don't let me work just confused. Lead me, Holy Spirit. Because what it tells you become your focus. That's what you look at in the injection room, what the Lord has told you. Lead me. This is 2019 coming. It starts in two days. Lead me, Holy Spirit. Guide me. 
order my steps, oh God. Order my steps. I can't sort my future out by myself. I need your help, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Lord, you are a good God. For everyone that is crying to you for clarity and direction, please, Lord, speak to them. In a dream, speak to them. In a discussion, speak to them. In this message, speak to them. As they go, let there be a thought from heaven. Let them know that this is the way you are leading them. They will direct them. They will not be confused. They will not be confused. They will have directions in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Praise the Lord.